You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today let's look at three reasons why Texas A&M's offense could be one, if not the best, in the SEC for 2021. Make sure you're listening to Locked On NFL Draft with Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak. Ben and Trevor break down all major picks from the 2021 NFL Draft and always are looking ahead for the 2022, where you can hear guys like Isaiah Spiller, DeMarvin Leal, Damani Richardson, Leon O'Neal, and many other Aggies actually get called very early in the draft process. Subscribe to the Aussie app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following me on social media, especially all of you watching here on Tigna at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name right down there below. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 band related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and you can't do any of that. Listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you love this show, make sure you're also reading our content at AllAggies.com. AllAggies.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, is back. Locked on Aggies is back on it. And we'll be here all 24 hours, 365 days a week. The other thing we got to talk about today, this is a big one. This is a very big one because it broke on July 1st, so this would be Thursday. It broke that it has been approved by college football that players now could use NIL. And basically what that means is a name, image, and likeness terms. So any player who wants to go to a signing event or go to a promo deal or be in a commercial now can get paid to do those things. And you're starting to see this for a while. I mean, if you look in the NFL level, when you have certain players coming on daily or weekly, like an Aaron Rodgers hit or like a Tom Brady hit when he was in Foxborough, they were paid an extra amount by the flagship station to only go on that radio show that time. So they were exclusively being used by that person. And what that did was it gave promotions. It allowed these radio companies to go ahead and build their markets to go, okay, we know if we want to win and be the best numbers that we have, we have to go with this show. And this show will be the only show that you get to listen to Tom Brady. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Same thing with Josh Allen. Well, now you can do that with college players. And college players, it's been reported that one radio company in Florida, I want to say it's right outside of Gainesville. I want to say it's ESPN Gainesville has come up with a deal for five players once a week to come on to the show for them to talk all things Gator football, and they'll be paid $25,000 to be able to do that. I actually agree with that. I 100% believe that players should be paid because of I do think overall this, at the end of the day, still is a business. Football players at every level, high school, college, you know, semi-pro even. When you look at the AAF, you look at the XFL, you look at what the USFL is trying to do in Canadian Football League. Every single player when they show up should be able to sign on a dotted line and say, I am here, I am signing this. That means that I am getting a recompensation. Because the university thrives off of getting all this money and this revenue, but players then get punished 
for doing the same thing, using their likeness and using their images to boost their own profit. And I 100% agree with that. I think that's exactly what the NCAA needed to do. And a lot of people came out and have already been in support of it. But this was a statement from NCAA uh, President Mark Emmert, uh earlier on, I believe it was Wednesday? Wednesday or Thursday, either way. This is an important day for college athletics since uh, we they are now all able to take advantage of name, image, and likeness opportunities. With the variety of state laws adopted across the country, we will continue to work with the Congress to develop a solution that will provide clarity on a national level. The current environment, both legal and legislative, prevents us from providing more of a permanent solution and the level of detail student-athletes deserves. Now, a couple big names came out and actually made some statements about this. And honestly, you got to think about this for a minute. Reggie Bush came out and he tweeted out, well, 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 look what we have here with a smirk face. Johnny Manziel, former Texas A&M quarterback, said, give Reggie Bush his Heisman back while he earned it. Matt Leinard said, I want to go back to college. Chris Weber, former uh, guard in the NBA, part of the Fab Five. Um, so whoever has the key, please hit me up. I need that key. You know, uh, the one secret room with the banners. J.J. Reddick came out and said from 2004 to 2006, I would have made a bag on the NIL endorsements. Sadly, I would have blown it all on Natty Light and Lactose Polos with College Pop, of course. Spencer Rattler has come out. He's designed his own logo. It's a snake with it's in the shape of an S with an extra leg hanging out as an R for SR. So a couple of players have done it. But the main focus before we go to break and before we talk about anything else is who would be the one player, the one name, that would 100% benefit over time from this. And it's an easy one for me. It's not a college football level thing. It, he, Yeah, he played at AM, but this is the biggest name in college football at the time. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel, imagine what he would have done if he could have had his NIL. And also, just think about this for a second. If Johnny Manziel would have been part of a team when the NIL was around, when he was able to get a profit off of signing autographs, and he wouldn't have to be suspended for the first half of a game against freaking Rice, for all we know, because if he was signing autographs, if Johnny Manziel could have stayed in college, more importantly than any of that, if Johnny Manziel could have gotten the NIL to work for him, how many years would he have stayed at Texas a now? Because that's a big deal. Like, Johnny Manziel was there for two years. And honestly, I don't even think he was ready to go to the NFL. I think he knew he wasn't ready to go to the NFL, but again, you're the hottest name in college football. You've won a Heisman Trophy. You are the most brand-recognizable person. You try to trademark Manziel, Money Manziel. I mean, like, you try to trademark this. You could have done that with the NIL. You could have made a fortune off of that. You could have gotten a profit for people wearing the AM white number two jerseys with his name on the back. Could have gotten a profit off of that. Could have done every single weekend that you weren't in practice. You could have signed autographs for $10,000, $15,000. How long would Johnny Manziel have stayed in college? And let's just say that Johnny Manziel did stay in college for an extra year. Let's just go one extra year. So he stays for the 2014 season. Does Texas A&M play better? Does Texas A&M make a deep run in the SEC again? And with that in mind, if Johnny Manziel's there in 2014 and he's still doing what he's doing, are the Aggies a contender? That's a real question. 
I think that's actually a really honest question because part of the reason I do believe Manziel left college early was not because he was ready to go to the NFL and he wanted to go play at the, at the NFL level. It was because if he wanted to get paid and he knew that if he ever got caught again in college doing what he did, he would have not stayed. He would have been banned and that would have hurt his draft stock. He probably would have gotten drafted in the second or third round, which he should have. Honestly, guys, let's be real. He should have been drafted in the second or third round when coming out of A&M in 2014. But if he would have stayed, what would have happened in 2015? Just remember those quarterbacks that came out. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. Winston, nobody knows what they are. Mariota has been the most inconsistent quarterback since, man, I don't even know. I mean, there's just been so much potential and not enough there. Manziel at least lasted two years in the NFL where one year he showed growth, one year, massively regressed and then he was out of the league. But I do wonder if he would have had the NIL for him where he could have trademarked, sold t-shirts, done all these things, started a foundation, started a, you know, started a website for himself to where he was banking in hundreds of thousands of dollars a year as a college football player. Would he have stayed? He easily would have profited the most off of this. One last thing before we do go to commercial break. I just want to say this. I agree with Johnny Manziel 100%. Reggie Bush deserves his Heisman back, and he deserves all of his records back. Absolutely. If you're going to make this legal, make sure you right the wrongs from the past. That means Reggie Bush is still a Heisman Trophy winner. That means Reggie Bush's numbers are still some of the greatest we have ever seen from a college running back in the history of college football. Put those back in the record books if you're going to make this legal now. Reggie Bush 100% deserves to have his Heisman back. That's not up for debate, in my opinion. That 100% is not up to debate, in my opinion. When it's time to go ahead and make your bets this upcoming season, whether it's for the Montreal Canadiens or the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Phoenix Suns versus whoever they're going to play in the finals, make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag gives you the latest news, odds, and, of course, sporting needs for everything in the MLB, NHL, NBA, and, of course, UFC and MMA action on the weekends. Before you head over to the Diamond, head over for tip-off or watch the puck drop for the first time, make sure you check out all the scores and all the betting lines at betonline.ag. And use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.eg, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's talk about this. This is the main subject of the day. Three reasons why I think Texas A&M's offense could be the best in college football, or at least the best in the SEC for 2021. There's going to be a lot of teams out there that are going to try to buy for that number one spot. Georgia, 100% is going to be there. If George Pickens comes back, they have a three-man combination in Agrit Gilbert, JT Daniels, Samir White, and Pickens as the weaponry for this offense to be very fruitful. I also think that Mississippi, Ole Miss, has the right quarterback in Matt Coral, and if they can get Jerry on early to be a little bit more effective as a pass catcher and build out the offensive weaponry, they're going to be in a good spot. I think Alabama, you can never count them out. Yeah, they lost Devontae Smith and they lost Jalen Waddell. They still have John Mechie. They still have Brian Robinson and Bryce Young. If he is as legit as people want to make it out to be, guess what? That's another offense that's going to thrive and give Bill O'Brien a head coaching job, whether in the collegiate level or the NFL level, sooner rather than later. But Texas A&M is kind of right there. Defensively, and we'll talk about that on Monday, um, or actually we'll talk about that on Friday, they're set. Like defensively, they're good. They're really set defensively. 
I mean, you're talking about nine full-time returning starters coming back. The two that aren't coming back, you have experience there with Aaron Hansford and Andre White to take over for Buddy Johnson. For Bobby Brown, you have Isaiah Rakes, McKinley Jackson, Jaden Peavy. You have a lot of talent to take over those guys. Offensively, there are some holes. There really are. I mean, the offensive line is the biggest one. I'm not going to dive into that because that actually, to me, is one of the reasons why AM probably won't finish with a top offense in the SEC. So I'm not going to include them in my top three reasons why. But what I am going to include is the first one, and that's just Jimbo Fisher. I don't know why we're kind of just forgetting about Jimbo Fisher and what he's done for programs. Every single step of the way he was at Florida State, they got better. They got better, not just on the field. They got better offensively. They got better in recruiting. They got better in the classroom. They got better in uh, production. They got better in standings. Every single step, Florida State got better. People are like, oh, Florida State, I can't believe them. They're like, they, they haven't been a good team in four years. You're right, they haven't. But they were a great team for about eight years when Jimbo was there. When Bobby Bowden was there, Bobby actually was on the decline before Fisher took over as the head coach. And then when Fisher took over, game changer. I mean, just look at the, t- the style of talent, first off, in recruiting, and also look at the style of production at quarterback, at wide receivers, at the offensive line, at running back, all these things that you saw when Jimbo Fisher was at Florida State. I mean, my goodness, night and day difference, like a night and day complete difference between these two. And I do believe that that is a big win. You have Jimbo Fisher, a guy who has been there, a guy who has been around, and a guy who's won a national championship. He's improved on every aspect of the Aggie since coming to College Station. Recruiting, they're now top 10 consensusly. Every single year, they're top 10. There's a good shot they finished top three this year, the way that they've recruited. You look at them on the field production-wise. Every single season, Jimbo Fisher has gotten the best out of his players. Now, again... I bring up 2019, and I get 2019 kind of a pass. Wipe my hands clean. Don't touch it. Because, again, nobody had that schedule. Nobody had that schedule. Five top 10 teams playing the number one team in the country three different occasions, once against Clemson, once against Alabama, once against LSU. Two of those games were on the road. That is a big loss. That's going to happen. That just is part of the game. But when you look... At what else has he he's done? He helped Kellen Mond become a better quarterback consistently. The offensive line got better under his direction. I will say the wide receivers did not get better, but they didn't get worse. It doesn't make any sense. And I will give him a pass for last year where you lose all three starting wide receivers when you were expecting to lose just one, or really two, in Courtney Davis and in Kendrick Rogers. And then Javon Osmond opts out literally a week before the season. Like, that's a, that's a big loss. I'll give him that. You add all that together, Jimbo Fisher's done a pretty good job. And last season was the, was the Coupe de Grab. Nine and, uh, eight and one during the regular season. Nine and one total. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to see where Texas A&M is right there. 28-point loss to Alabama in week two. Maybe they lose to Alabama in week eight. But it's not by 28. It's by 17, 14, 10. That's coaching. And they also have a really good confidant as an office coordinator in Daryl Dickey. Daryl Dickey has gotten the best out of his players 
every single step of the way. That is why I believe when you look at this team as a whole, you have to trust Jimbo Fisher. Fisher's been here before. Fisher's been to a college football playoff. Fisher's been to a national title. Fisher's been to multiple New Year's Six Bowl games. He is a winner. That's just it. And you have a winning coach. Earlier this week, I did my rankings. I had Jimbo Fisher as my number three coach going to college football. And you can make an argument that that's true. Because of every single step of the way since he's been at College Station, the Aggies have improved. They're not there. They're not Alabama. But you can make an argument that right after Alabama, it's a three-way race. It really is a three-way race. Break it down. Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M. You had a great year from LSU. They're struggling. You had a great year a couple years ago from Kentucky. They're back to relevancy. Missouri started off really hot in the SEC. They're cool. They've cooled completely off. Texas A&M has been still, stale, working their way up the ladder after that 2012 season, and now they're at the pinnacle. They're right at the top. If the college football season and the new playoff system was to start today, they would have made the playoffs last year. They definitely would make the playoffs this year. There's no doubt in my mind about that. They are a team, and the reason why you got to believe in them is because of Jimbo Fisher. If there's one coach this year that's going to break the streak of Nick Saban assistance beating Jim, uh, beating Nick Saban. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. One coach, it is Jim Fisher. This is the team that will do it. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Built Bar has every unique flavor under the sun, nine unique to be completely uh, to be completely honest, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. So whether you're in the mood for a caramel brownie or a cherry or a coconut almond, make sure you go ahead and download that because you will get a 100% real chocolate flace with a nice nougat center. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody on the keto diet. I start my morning off every single day with a peanut butter brownie protein bar because it's got 19 grams of protein, 130 calories, five grams of sugars, five grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves. And with 4th of July coming up, you know, if I'm going to be on the lake, I got to look my best and feel my best. And that's what I do with Built Bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 50% off your next purchase. That's LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Lock on Aggies is presented to you by rockauto.com. One of the biggest things that I don't like doing is spending money in areas that I don't need to. And going to an auto parts store where I have to pay double the price for an installment fee, a shipping fee, and a processing fee when I can do it myself is always a burden. Go ahead and check out rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business that has been serving the customers for the past 25 years. And they have everything from engine modules to tail lamps to brake pads. So whether you're just trying to fix up your daily driver or refurbish a cult classic, they have the parts for you. And their catalog is very unique and simple. Just search on what year the uh, what year the car was made, the model, the uh, of course, the color, and the low, low price. rockauto.com's prices are guaranteed to beat any single major outlet store right now. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com, it's the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. In 25 minutes or less, you can get you caught up on everything you need to know about the college football season, the NBA Finals, and of course the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
I will not be the guy doing that. Nope, not me. You will be Peter Bukowski and the Locked On Today crew. Peter breaks down every major sporting event going on right now in 25 minutes or less. So basically a drive to the gym, a quick workout on the treadmill, walking your dog, a drive to work, whatever you need. You can get caught up on everything in sports just in time for your office meeting to be sitting around the water cooler and talking to your buddies. Go visit Rock Auto, uh, Go visit Locked On today and follow them on social media or download them on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Two more reasons why Texas A&M, I believe, is going to actually be really good this year. Number two, Jimbo Fisher's success with first-year quarterbacks. This is actually a big one. You look at the history of what Jimbo Fisher has done with quarterbacks in their first year as a starter. It's actually really impressive. It really, really, really is actually impressive. Let's start with the big one. You got to go with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston threw for over 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and led Florida State to a national title game. That's what he did. He also won a Heisman Trophy. You don't get much better than that. Like, I I don't need to read off the rest, but let's just go ahead and see if it was like a one-year fluke or not. He next had DeAndre Francois. Uh, He had him for, I believe it was two years. First year, 3,300 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, led the Seminoles to a 10-3 record in 2016. They played against Houston in that bowl game. Everyone else that went down, not the greatest start, but never mind. Kellen Mond, first-year quarterback. Well, first-year quarterback in this system. Let's just go with that. First time working in Jimbo Fisher's system, learning a brand-new offense, learning a brand-new style. And what's he do? He throws for a really, really impressive 3,107 yards and 24 touchdowns helping the team get to nine and four on the year, including that seven overtime win, seven overtime victory over LSU. Haynes King and Zach Calzada, I've said for multiple, multiple, multiple times, is not going to be the problem. I feel comfortable with one, if not both of them, interchanging for a while until you feel comfortable enough to name one a starter for long term. That's totally okay with me. I have no problem with that. Because if I look at Calzada, he's a pocket passing guy, but he's got a cannon of an arm. I look at King, more mobile, a little bit easier to maneuver, got an overall good frame, has some accuracy issues, but still can connect across the middle of the field. Both can win. Jimbo Fisher just has to see which one he trusts a little bit more, and that's the guy who ends up starting. Because at the end of the day, the history books and the stat lines prove first-year quarterbacks with Jimbo Fisher, especially first-year quarterbacks who have had time to learn and Kellen Mond had time to learn as a starter for Kevin Sumlin. So he still had time to learn. But redshirt freshman for DeAndre Francois, redshirt freshman for Jameis Winston, won a national title, took his team to a New Year's Six Bowl, 9-4 start. All good numbers. Oh, and by the way, he also had another player who helped his team win a um, uh, win the number one overall pick in Jamarcus Russell. So he knows how to work a quarterback. So let's go at that. So I'm not worried about that part. But the number one reason, the number one reason is the run game. Everyone in college football is starting to turn to the pass. They're starting to turn to the air. The ground game is still relevant, but it's no longer a driving force. For Texas A&M, it has to be one of the major points because they have four guys they can use. Four guys. I'll go three that we've seen production-wise. One I've seen in high school and what he can do. It's scary good out of side fair with LJ Johnson, but you have four guys, LJ Johnson, who's going to see the least amount of snaps, but still could have kind of a role like Devon a chain did last year. 
Devon A-Chain, pure adrenaline speed, works his way into the first, second level defense, and then turns on the Jets and makes you wonder where he gets this Olympic speed from because of that's exactly what he possesses. You have an Aya Smith, do-it-all guy, your gadget player, guy you can use as a running back, guy you can use as a wide receiver, guy you can use at the backfield in a lot of different ways. And you have Isaiah Spiller, who's coming off of another great season of 1,000-plus total yards on the year, and he has been nothing but you know outstanding. The last 10 national championship teams have had at least one running back rush for 1,000 yards on the campaign. Seven of them had running backs that rushed for over 1,300 yards. Last season, Spiller rushed for 1,036 yards in 10 games, and if he would have been on pace to play a 13-game season, he would have finished with over 1,300 yards. I do worry about this offensive line because I do think that you have to find the five best guys and put them out there. Kenyon Green, I think, is set. Luke Matthews, I think, is set, and that's about it. Everyone else, it's up for debate. The next three spots, go ahead and figure out who are the best three, put them in there, and start them. Because pressure on a quarterback is going to come early and often. It's going to be around all season because that's just what it is. It's the SEC. I mean, you see guys all the time. Think about this. Kentucky had a down year overall, and they had a guy drafted in the first round. And they've had a guy drafted in the first round multiple times in the last five years. Josh Allen, Bud Dupree, Jamie Davis. Reality. LSU finds ways to get guys to the NFL in first and second rounds, even on a down year. That's just what they do. Ole Miss has had players, pass rushers, up the middle, off the edge, find their way into that first and second round conversation. Mississippi State, for years and years under Will Muschamp, not under Will Muschamp, my bad, under Dan Mullen, was one of the best defensive lines consistently in the SEC. Pressure's going to come for these quarterbacks. The best way to evade pressure overall is to solidify a run game to where if it's third and three, okay, we're going to do a jet sweep and we're going to give the ball to Anaya Smith. We're going to send him in motion. We're going to fake a handoff up the middle through the A-gap. He's going to have the ball. He's going to already be 10 yards down the field by the time the defense notices. That's what you're going to do. First and 10, you're going to line up in an I formation. You're going to have A-chain behind Spiller. Spiller in a three-point stance. Spiller is going to actually take a fullback handoff and bully his way, fake the pitch outside. A-chain's going to have that home run speed to where people are going to go after him, leaving a hole right through the A or B gap. That is how you win games in the SEC. Misdirection. And the best misdirection of all, when you're looking at the Alabamas going to more of a passing set, you looked at Mississippi State, whose run game is all but forgotten about. I mean, literally, it's all but forgotten about in, in the air raid system. You look at what they have at LSU. You look at what they have at Ole Miss. You look at what they have at uh, Auburn. They have some good running backs. But Isaiah Spiller being your lead and having three really solid players. Anaya Smith, who's going to be a wide receiver. Let's just get that out of the way. He's going to be on the field consistently as either a slot receiver in the running back field, whatever you want to do with him. With LJ Johnson, who is a pretty good mix of Devon A. Chain and Isaiah Spiller. Faster than uh, faster than Spiller, but built like Spiller. So that home run speed that A-Chain has with the body of Spiller, good luck stopping that. And then you have A-Chain, who just was in line to try and make it to the Olympics as a member of the 200-meter 200, uh, 200 team. 
That's how talented he is. That's how quick he is. He was this close to going to the qualifying rounds to be able to represent the United States of America in Tokyo. Yeah, that's going to be on the football field. That's what you use to your advantage. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media and at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, three reasons why the defense could be the best, not in the SEC. I'm going to go a step further. The best in college football. Make sure you're listening to us at Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on all social media. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.